Hello, this is Lisa Black coming to you from Colorado Springs. Gary is currently in um, Georgia teaching this week, and we are going to be reunited this weekend. Um, finding time to do a podcast together turned out to be nearly impossible with our schedule. So I'm just going to kind of go a little deeper into what we were talking about on the last podcast, which is um, the seasons of motherhood. And um, we kind of went a little bit into self-care, which is just kind of a huge uh, catchphrase right now, um, but it's not really being presented in a way that I think is always really healthy, especially for young mothers. Um, health Self-care is really about restorative rest. It's really about taking care of yourself. I had a friend years ago that had three really small children like I mean, really small children, three, two, one. She just had one right after another. Um, and her husband worked all the time and her and I became friends. And I had had two little girls at the time. And um, she really struggled with taking care of herself. In all fairness, it's very difficult to do when you have that amount of children that are that small and that demanding. But she wasn't feeling well. She went to the doctor and he sat her down. And he said, listen, I want you to understand something. You are a tree and your children are the branches and the leaves. And if you do not take care of the trunk, which is you, your branches and your um, leaves will fall off and the branches will die. And you are basically the portal that pours into your children. And if that portal isn't healthy, then your children will not be healthy either. And I think that it was one of those kind of illustrations that she was a little shocked by and not prepared for. And she was telling me about it and she was, she, she said, I don't even know how to do what he's saying, but I know that he's right. And the truth is as women, we often um, can be very self-sacrificing to the point where we don't take care of ourselves and we put everybody else first thinking that, you know, the day's going to come down the road and that's when I'll, you know, start running again. Or I'm going to start eating, you know, regular healthy meals, or I'm going to, you know, actually spend a little bit of money and get my hair done or whatever it is that is self-care to you. Or, you know, when my kids are in middle school, maybe then I can take a nap. And there definitely are seasons where it's survival. Um, newborn babies are uh, pretty demanding and they don't really care about your sleep. And then toddlers are on the go. And a lot of your life is kind of, I remember feeling like I never stood up completely, that I was always a little hunched over because there was no reason to stand up all the way because I was either going to bend over for, to care for a child or change a child's diaper or reach down and pick them up or pick something off the floor. And um, I actually realized like, I don't even stand up anymore. I just kind of stay in this position where I'm always down on the level of the little people that I'm taking care of. And I have failed huge in this area of my life to the point where even that now that my children are grown and I have grandchildren, I still struggle with taking care of myself. I always have um, tried to take my appearance seriously and, and take care of myself in the way that, you know, not stains on my clothes, dirty hair. Um, those kind of things were really important to me that um, I felt better about life when I would take care of, you know, just washing my hair and putting some mascara on. But the way that I never did really take care of myself very well was getting restored to rest. And it kind of came to a head in my life in the last couple months where I went to the doctor and we have been 
traveling, um, speaking, teaching, discipling, mentoring, pretty much nonstop uh, for the better part of the last 15 years. And um, there's always more demands of people that want my time than there are hours of the day. And trying to balance that with a family of six and, and travel internationally and prepare for speaking, prepare for all the different things that, that we're doing, make sure that my husband feels taken care of and honored and um, really always been very important to me to have home cooked meals for my family, really important to me to have a clean home. I don't do well in clutter, but I definitely lean hard into perfectionism. Um, and I've decided in my older years that I'm going to shift my perfectionism into excellence. And there is a difference because just the word perfectionism gives the idea, which is true, that it's impossible. And so if you wake up every morning and your idea is that everything needs to be perfect in order for you to be happy, <laughs> you're starting off at a deficit when you open your eyes. And I did feel like I needed it to be perfect. My kids need to be perfect. My house needs to be perfect. My marriage needs to be perfect. And you can imagine how I exhausted myself in that. Um, it's very hard, it was very hard for me to tell people no. If And people never really just came to me and said, hey, I just want to hang out. Most people come to me with pretty extreme uh, issues in their life, and it's really hard for me to walk away from them and say, I, I really don't have time for this. I'm really sorry your marriage is falling apart. I'm really sorry your child just died, but I, I have other things I need to do. And the truth is, I had to learn the balance, the most difficult way of doing that, because it is in my heart to help people. I love to help people. I was created to help people. I was created to nurture and love people, my children and other people's children. And finding the balance of learning how to say no and still honoring people or not now, or I can talk to you for 15 minutes, but I don't have two or three hours, um, was almost impossible for me. And so just recently through a doctor's visit um, with some high blood pressure and um, some pretty severe insomnia and lots of other things that women go through at my age, around 50, my doctor basically looked at me and said, listen, if you don't make some changes in your life, you are primed for a heart attack or a stroke. And it could be a devastating one or it could just be one that takes you out for a while. There's no way for us to know but you have got to start taking care of yourself. And I started really thinking, I am not ready to die. And if I get hit by a truck tomorrow, there's nothing I could do about that. And I know where I'm going. And I know that I've given everything I can on this earth. But to be taken out by something that I can control is not my idea of, of ending my life well. And I do want to end my life well. And I do have control over my blood pressure. I do have control over my rest. I do have control over how I manage my day and my time. I do have control over working hard versus exhausting myself. I do have control over telling people, no, I cannot move to that country right now because my focus is my father-in-law and his special needs children. My focus are my children. My focus is my grandchildren and my husband and my coaching business and having enough energy to help the people that I really care about and I'm really called to. So I don't plan on giving up on any of my dreams. I am not halting my life. I'm gonna to continue to move forward, but I had to really look at what is restorative rest. And restorative rest is rest 
where your body is regenerated, your soul is regenerated, your spirit is regenerated. And I think that mothers, men, everyone that we know is struggling to find out what that really looks like right now. Um, there's a lot of false rest happening. And um, I think that's why people are not feeling like they can, they can move at full speed. Um, there's, I knew I was in trouble when walking up three flights of stairs was really winding me. Um, and I've made some really simple changes in my diet. I started, um, you know, the, the biggest problem I had was nourishing myself. I would just go all day and not eat and not think about it. Um, I, I just wasn't giving my body what it needed. I literally had to set a timer on my phone that said, it's, it's been three hours, you know, eat a handful of, um, almonds and drink some water. And the first week that I did this, I was irritated every time my phone was beeping because I'm like, I don't have time to eat. I have too much to do. I have a coaching call. I cannot eat in my client's ear. I have. And so just to even put time aside to nourish my body was a huge switch for me. But a month into it now, it's, it's, it's easy. It's easy to do. I also had to switch from trying to be really, really intense all the time and having extremes in my life. Like I'm going to run 10 miles every morning. And now I, I've gone more into yoga and more into staking, taking strolls in the sunshine. And, you know, when the weather's really nice, walking as long as I want to walk at the pace that I want to walk and, and just really being intentional about making sure I'm inhaling and exhaling. I am that woman that, um, when I'm in a, a class at the gym, that the instructor always has to say, Lisa, breathe, because I forget to breathe. And I think most of us do that. We hold our breath and we don't even realize it. And our bodies need deep restorative um, breaths to regenerate all of our, our organs. We need water. We need water way more than we need Diet Coke or we need wine or any of these other things. Other things can be very dehydrating. And sleep is so important. And that's such a struggle for um, young moms. There, I actually did go get a pedicure yesterday because I am trying to reward myself for my 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 changes that I've made in my life. And um, there was a woman in the the massage chair, and she had fallen asleep, and her head was over the side. And we all kind of looked at her and just smiled. And the owner of the salon, um, who is just a precious woman. We all just kind of put our finger over our lips, like, let's all be really quiet and let this woman sleep. And she slept in the massage chair a good half hour after her pedicure was over. And when she woke up, she was a little embarrassed. And the owner said to her, listen, I didn't want to wake you up. You were sleeping so well. I'm so glad you're so relaxed. And she said, I still have small babies that wake up all the time and I don't get a lot of sleep. And we all just kind of came around her like, we've been there. We know what it's like. We're so glad you got a little nap. You know, make sure you take care of yourself. We're so glad you got a pedicure, you know, and she just, her embarrassment went to like celebration that like, wow, who would have thought I would get a nap in a massage chair? And she did. And it was a really beautiful thing that um, all of us women kind of came around and we were like, good for you. You know, that's awesome that you took that time. And I'm sure she had to get a babysitter and arrange things and make lunch before she went, but it was worth it. And we need to think that way. We need to think, what can I do on Monday so that Tuesday can be a calm, relaxing day? 
Or what can I do on Saturday so that I can truly have a day of Sabbath on Sunday? And I really don't think the Lord cares which day we pick. I really don't think he's concerned about um, if it's Saturday or Sunday, if you go to church that day, whatever that happens. But I think that what he is trying to explain to us in Genesis is that when he said on day seven, he rested, that word is also celebrated. And we know that God Almighty did not need a nap. We know that his body didn't ache. His muscles weren't tired like ours get. We know that he doesn't struggle with insomnia. We know he doesn't worry about, am I eating or not eating? Is my baby crying or not crying? He is not dealing with those things because he is a spirit being. And we are spirit beings wrapped in human bodies, and he knows that. What he was trying to show us is that the first six days of creation, and nobody knows if that's truly one day or a thousand days or or what that even looks like. A lot of people say it's just a story. The point of the story or the point of the truth of creation is God himself, through an example, because he is a true father, said on day seven, I rested. And he celebrated his his creation. He looked at what had happened over the last six days. And he said that every day, everything he created, the sky, the moon, the separation, the light, everything was good. But when he created man, he said, this is very good. He was celebrating the fact that he had made a creation that was in his own image. And he said that we are very good. And I think he was stepping back and saying, this is so beautiful, what I've created. The oceans, the, the sea, the waves, the creatures in the sea, the, the, the sand on the sea, the mountains, the trees, the flowers, the vegetation. That was all so good to him. But actually, the, the human beings that he created, that was very, very good to him. And he was saying, I'm just going to take a day out of whatever the seven days were. He took a whole day and said, this is good and I want to enjoy it. I want to look back. Any of you that are um, artists or if you are any kind of creator, if you have any kind of creative side, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but when I paint a wall or we decorate the room, and then I put everything where I want it to be and everything's clean and nice and, and looks orderly and looks um, appeasing to the eye. And I, I put a, you know some fresh roses in the middle of a table. I love to stand back and look at it for a while. I just love to just enjoy what God had given me to create something that was bringing me joy into my life and bringing me peace into my life. God is doing that with us. And so why do we not take a day out of our seven days, a full day to stand back and enjoy what we've created? And what are we creating as mothers? Well, if you've kept your child alive, that's a, that's a something to celebrate. And if you have fed your child, if you have provided love and nurturing for your children, if you've kind of been able to keep the laundry going and um, maintain your, your, your intimacy with your husband, that is so much to celebrate. And so a day of rest does not look like what we're being told it looks like. And I think that's why we have so much anxiety and so much depression in this younger generation. And the reason why so many young women tell me, I don't even want to have children. 
It looks horrible. It looks so overwhelming. It looks like it's just all work and no fun. And those of us that are in it know that's not true. It is hard work. There's moments when your child discovers a little bug for the first time and they stop everything they're doing and crouch down on their cute little chubby legs and just stare at this bug. And the bug moves and they're fascinated. And you're reminded suddenly that the smallest thing in creation is brand new to your child. And watching them you know, on the playground or in a park when they start communicating with their little friends and they're learning how to share, they're learning they're learning communication. They're learning how to um, play at a whole new level as they grow. And it's a beautiful thing just to watch. Why would we not take one day out of the week and just celebrate that? A lot of young women really think that um, rest is watching Netflix for an entire day, not moving, not showering, gluttonizing themselves on food that is going to harm their body, not bring life to their body. And then they wake up the next day and they wonder why they don't feel regenerated. And if we are putting things in the portals that God has given us that is bringing destruction to us, and there's nothing wrong with a donut, but if you eat all you eat all day is donuts, you're going to feel horrible, not just that day, but the next day. If you binge on shows, especially that are bringing darkness into your world, your mind is going to be filled with fear and darkness. And you're, that's going to come out of you at some point. Everything that goes in us is going to come out somewhere. If you're putting music in your ears, that's full of rage or demeaning to women or demeaning to a race or, or even just repeating things that would encourage you to be shallow, encouraging things for you to maybe not be faithful to your spouse. You're repeating those words out of your mouth. When you're singing along to those songs, you're confessing them and you're giving them life. So we're not living in this religious idea that uh, that we have to, you know, um, walk through all these different portals and be perfect in all these things and never be able to listen to certain kinds of music, never be able to watch certain shows that are interesting to us. But is there balance there? Are you also removing the things from your ears and not having anything pounding in them for a day? Are you able to turn off your phone for a day? Are you able to turn off the TV or the computer for a day? Are you able to walk in the sunshine with your children and celebrate what the week has been? Does everything you do on the Sabbath speak to you that you don't need to work today and that you need to be filled and surrounded by the truth that you are more than enough and that God loves you right where you are? What Sabbath really is, is saying, no work. I just want to enjoy my life today. I just want to celebrate all the hard work that I've created over this, this last six days. And I want to rest in the spirit of God, knowing that I'm fully loved, that this Sabbath day is speaking to me, that this is not about production because all week long we're producing. It doesn't matter if you are working inside the home, outside the home, or like most of us, we're doing both all the time. It's just interwoven in our life. If you have children, you can never walk, you know, work outside the home for a company or your own company or be an entrepreneur without having to figure out how your children are going to be taken care of when you're on a conference call. Even if you're, you're working from home, people think that that's just the dream. 
it's kind of really difficult because then all the lines are blurred and you're trying to entertain a two-year-old while you're trying to let your boss know that you've done your job really well, trying to raise money, trying to do all these different things that we have to do. It is sometimes easier to go to an office and then come home and be with your children. But your mind is probably always going to be in both places. And that is something that the female mind struggles with that I don't think most male minds do. Why I think most of our husbands and fathers um, have an overriding sense of provision and protection over their family that never leaves them, even when they're at war, even when they're in the corporate setting, even when they're out golfing for their friends. They do have categories and compartments in their mind that we do not have but they are more able to kind of go into those categories and shut out the other ones. That's nearly impossible for a woman. Our minds, like you've heard said many times, are like spaghetti and everything is intertwined. And it's very difficult for us to just focus on our job and not, um, not be thinking about our child being fed, being clothed, being taken care of. Can I trust this nanny? Does my is my husband going to remember to change the baby's diaper or is he going to get hooked up in the, you know, the football game and lose track of time and and think that the baby's crying because it's hungry when actually the baby's crying because the baby needs a nap or the baby needs its diaper change. Our minds are always going in all those different places. So how in the world are we as mothers of small children supposed to get true rest? And for me, what I'm learning more and more is to go ahead and sleep in an hour or two later than I normally would. If you have little children and they take a nap on what you would consider your Sabbath day, sleep with them, rest with them. It is so easy to look around and think my baby is sleeping. I need to get done all of the other things that need to be done in this house and in my life and in my job. That's great during the week. That's great during the weekend when you have help or that's that's how you, you're scheduling your time is when the child is resting. You can do other things that you really need to do. But one day a week, you need to be resting with them. Even if that's going to the park and laying on a blanket together and celebrating and not looking at your phone and really focusing on them because they are your greatest creation and they are very good and they are worth it. You can play on your day of rest and Sabbath. You can get silly. You can have dance parties with your kids and with your spouse. Of all the things our kids remember, and they remember a lot of things we did wrong, but they do remember the dance parties we had with our friends. And they would go till 2 o'clock in the morning. We even ruined some of our friends' hardwood floors because we just didn't care. We just needed to have fun. And all the tension that would be in our, our small community would just leave when good music came on and we'd all just start dancing and singing and being goofy and learning how to put things aside, learning how to say, I can't get to this today. This isn't my priority today. I can get to it tomorrow. And this is not pro procrastination. This is giving your body the proper rest so that tomorrow you do have the energy to do those things because we were created to work. We were created for production, but that's not where our worth comes from. Our worth comes from the fact that we are just being. And that doesn't mean that we sit on the couch and ignore our children and not take care of the of our home, not cook food for our family, ignore our spouses, um, not take care of our bodies. That means one day a week, we celebrate what life really is. We laugh with our family. We, I would cook a meal 
the day before or order a pizza that day so that your work is at the minimum. Use paper plates that day. Whatever it is that your family needs. If you really enjoy your neighbors and you have so much fun together and your kids have so much fun together, make some Bloody Marys and get together on your Sabbath day and just have some fun and just laugh and avoid political conversations and avoid stressful conversations and talk about the good things in your life and remind yourself that you are a success, that you are doing what you're supposed to do with your life and rest is a successful day. And it doesn't mean just moving there. I had a, a friend that um, they, he heard a sermon on rest and he worked very hard um, and owned his own company. And so what he did on Sundays, I'd go over and visit and hang out with his wife, is he literally picked a part of the carpet and never moved the whole day. And I thought, that looks awful. But to him, that was, that was rest. That's what he thought it was. He literally moved, didn't move all day. He probably needed it. His body was tired. His mind was tired. And so you have to figure out what it looks like for you, but there cannot be work involved. It's not a good day to paint your living room. This is not the day to clean out your car. You can organize your life to do those things at, at other times. And most of us have two days off. Most of us get the weekend off or Sunday and Monday. And so one of those days, and I would always, for me, I like to take the first day to reorganize my life, clean out my refrigerator, go to the grocery store, meal prep, and then and clean my house. And then the next day was the day where I could rest. And as I said, I did not do that well. It was my husband's voice constantly who would say to me, he would look at me when I would look, wake up in the morning and my body was aching, uh, wasn't feeling well, exhausted, puffy eyes, um, and just ready to like push through one more day. And he would look at me and say, you know what? You really need to rest. I've got this. Why don't you just put your head back down on your pillow and I will bring you a cup of tea and a half a bagel, and you just need to rest today. And sometimes I did stay in bed all day because I was very sick for many, many years. But I remember when he would look at me and say, you need to rest. I've got you. I can take care of everything. This kind of peace would wash over me because he would remove from me the pressure that I was putting on myself by saying, I'm going to go do what you need to do today so that you can rest. And there's days where I said, babe, you've got to take a day off. You've got to rest your mind. For him, it wasn't so much resting his body. It was resting his mind. And I would say, just go to a bar and watch football and have a beer and eat some wings. And, because I knew that was something he enjoyed. That was something he needed. And of course, he always wants me right next to him. But there were times I was like, just go. Go ride your motorcycle for the whole day. I've got everything here covered. Go do what brings rest to you. And that's what we have to do as spouses. As a single mom, I had to make that happen all by myself. And for some reason, I was better at that, maybe because I only had two children at the time. I was much better at finding time to make sure I was taking care of myself because my job was intense and being a single mom was intense. But I made sure that the girls and I just went for a hike in the sunshine and then we'd go out to lunch. Or, you know, go to the store and get them a new toy or whatever it was. But I usually started that on Friday nights because I was tired from the week. And we would carry that into, into Saturdays. And then Sundays, I got ready for the week again. 
So you can do this. I believe in you. Um, I know it's probably not possible for you to pick a part of your living room and lay down on the carpet and not move for the entire day, but you can figure out what you really value and what really brings you true rest. And it may not look like it does for anybody else, but it's okay. If you do not take care of yourself, your children and your spouse and your job will pay the price. So we actually really don't have a choice. And God made this so clear to us that we have to take time to rest. Make sure you're restoring your mind. Make sure you're not putting things in there that are going to bring you nightmares or give you anxiety. Um, not a good day to watch the news or scroll through Facebook. Take a break through from all of those things that bring so much anxiety into our lives. Take care of yourselves. Don't forget to breathe. Don't forget to inhale the spirit of God and exhale the anxiety and the stress of life and just take care of yourself. So we will keep going on this track. We'll move into um, next week. We'll move into the years where your children become a little more self-sustaining and what that looks like to be a mother in those years into the teenage years and then into the adult years. Um, and I really feel like this is a, 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 this particular lesson is something we all need to hear. I'm working on it myself. I promise you from this day forward, I'm never going to speak about anything and not hold myself responsible. So I am working on my own rest. My body is healing. My sleep is becoming more sound. Um, my heart rate has gone down considerably and I had to do some pretty radical things because I got to such, such a deficit in my health. Don't let yourself get that far gone. Take care of yourself today and show your sons and daughters that this is how we care for our spiritual bodies, our mental bodies, our physical bodies. Every part of us needs rest. God made it really clear. So go and make sure, pencil it and put it on your calendar this week, your day of rest. Love you guys. I'll talk to you next week.